It's time for the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. It's time for the game on News Talk 1400 WKNW Sault Ste. Marie. For the next two hours, we'll get an in-depth look at local sports in the eastern Upper Peninsula and Algoma region and hear from the coaches and players that are involved in the game. We'll also analyze the college and pro sports scene across the region and dive into the biggest national stories, too. Now, let's get to the game and join your host. Scott Nason. Greetings and salutations and welcome to the game on News Talk 1400. You can also hear our show online at Newstalk1400.net and podcasts available at thegamesportshow.podbean.com. As the man said, my name is Scott Nason, broadcasting from our News Talk 1400 studios in Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan. On this very warm Monday, July 18th, 2022. The game, the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, will be with you up until 8 o'clock tonight. Coming up on tonight's show, we'll be joined by co host of the game here on News Talk 1400, David McKaig Jr., also host of the game sports show in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, as we will discuss all things going on in the North. Also joining us later tonight, co-host Butch Davis, host of Butch on Sports, who will talk to us about what's going on in the Metro Detroit sports region and around the area, along with him sitting down with yours truly for our sports roundtable. But as always, we start with local sports, and being the middle of July, not a lot of local sports going on as far as high school, obviously, high school Fall season will begin in about three weeks with practices for high school football, along with cross country, volleyball, and several other sports. And we will certainly be a lot busier then if we do have time during this first couple segments. We'll look at the schedules as far as the high school football teams in our area. And once again, we'll be carrying Sioux High Blue Devil football over on our sister station at 1230 WSOO with Dave Watts. And the Blue Devils will start their season August 26th against Escanaba. But we do have some local sports to discuss. And let's start with talking about about some local golf? Yes, we like to get these results in as much as we can. Last week at the Oaks at Kinchelo, their senior men's scramble, Rick Faust, Dave Winmuller, and Al Cantola compiled the low team round of 30 in the senior men's scramble league at the Oaks and Kinchelo. Among the specials, Dave Blaskowski hit the second closest shot to the pin on number seven, while Cantola, he had the longest putt on number eight. The women's scramble, uh, Brody Bodes had the low round of 40. Jenny Schrovenweaver sank the longest putt on nine, while Stephanie Warner hit closest to the pin on number four. And Stephanie Staker was the lucky draw winner. I don't know if that has anything to do with golf, but congratulations to Miss Staker. The Oaks at Kinchlow mixed double scramble. Stephen Pam Markstrom, along with Jeff Case and Karen Gibson, they completed the low round of 29. Dave and Pam Postma, Craig Maloney, and Jaina Hutchinson were the blind bogey team, and Gary Gramdyke. he won the blind draw. And finally, the Oaks at Kinchlow Men's League, Dave Posta, Postma, rather. Brian Masterson and Ronnie Van Sloten tied for the low round with 38s. Chris Smith hit closest to the second shot on number one, while Brian Van Sloten, he had the closest second shot on number one among the 10-plus handicaps. Wayne Hessling Sr., he drained the longest putt on number five, and John Allison, he had the longest putt on number five 
among 10 plus handicaps. Lots of little league baseball, softball, and of course, youth soccer going on. I know the playoffs are beginning uh, this week. Actually, I think they began last week. So lots of action at the soccer fields and the baseball diamonds. We didn't get any official results from this past weekend in the Sioux Legacies Sioux Invitational. I believe 30 teams participated in that tournament. Uh, Certainly the weather cooperated very nicely, albeit a little bit warm for the umpires, but it was another great event. We had Linda on last week talking about the Sioux Invitational, and she does a great job coordinating all that along with a lot of volunteers and certainly uh, might have been a few complaints here and there with the officials, I might add, but overall a very good experience and uh, hoping to be back for year 23 of the Sioux Invitational starting next July. Lake Superior State track and field sophomore Jenna Fleming of Hilton Beach, Ontario. She has been named to the U.S. Track and Field and Cross Country Coaches Association All Midwest Region team. She placed 12th in women's javelin at the NCAA Division II Men's and Women's Track and Field Outdoor Championships at Allendale, Michigan. Fleming was the highest placing student athlete from the Midwest Region and women's javelin with top five performers in each event from each region earning all region honors. Participation in the Michigan High School Athletic Association-sponsored sports rebounded nicely during the 2021-22 school year despite a slight decline in enrollment among the MHSAA's 750 member high schools. This report from last week from the MHSAA, the onset of COVID-19 during the spring of 2020 was followed by a significant decline in participation in MHSAA sports during the 2020-21 season. However, participation for the most recent school year, concluding this spring, saw an increase of 6.6% to a total of 260,542 participants across the 28 sports for which the MHSAA sponsors postseason tournaments. This despite statewide enrollment falling about three quarters of a percent to 440,000 students this past year. Girls participation increased 6.8% while boys participation was up 6.5%. A total of 23 sports saw increases in participation 10 sports saw double-digit percentage increases, including boys track and field, which increased by 27.2%. Girls track and field, they increased by 22.4%. Boys skiing, also 22.4%. Wrestling, up 17.1%. Boys bowling, up 16.2%. Girls tennis, 11.4%. Girls bowling, 11.2%. Girls competitive cheer, 10.6%. Boys golf, 10.5%. And girls lacrosse, 10%. Wrestling's major boost came in part because of the 300% increase in girls participating with 620 taking the mat for the first season of the MHSA offering a girls championship division rather at its individual wrestling finals. Also enjoying increases in participation this past year, girls golf 8.1%. Girls skiing, 7.6%. Boys basketball, 6.4%. Girls soccer, 6.3%. Boys swimming and diving, 6.1%. Boys lacrosse, 5.8%. 
Softball, 3.6%. Girls basketball, 3.1%. Baseball, 3%. Boys tennis, 2.8%. Football, 2.4%. Girls volleyball, 2%. And swimming and diving, 1.2%. Only five sports saw decreased participation from 2021-22. The decline in boys soccer participation was just a 0.21%. Girls cross country, 1.4%. Boys ice hockey, 1.2%. And a slight decrease as well in cross country and girls gymnastics. So overall, good numbers from the MHSA. And certainly with COVID-19 not gone, but a little different this past season than the season before, definitely good news. Well, lots of news in the Ontario Hockey League and the Sioux Greyhounds. This just out earlier this afternoon. Sioux Greyhounds President and Governor Tim Lukinda announced that an agreement has been reached with General Manager Kyle Raftis to extend his contract for a new four-year term. The agreement extends through to and including the 2025-26 Ontario Hockey League seasons. According to Lakinda, quote, we are very pleased to have Kyle continue in his role as GM of our organization. Kyle has done a tremendous job at setting the tone and expectation of what it means to be a Sioux Greyhound. We look forward to the upcoming season and beyond to see how far we can take our program under Kyle's leadership. Raftis, who will be entering his ninth season with the Greyhounds, was originally hired on August 26, 2014, and today marks his third contract with the organization. Quote from Kyle Raftis, it's a tremendous honor to be able to continue in this role with the incredible franchise and city. Over the past eight seasons, so many great individuals have come through this program, both on and off the ice in my time here. We've collectively worked towards developing this program, which has resulted in some memorable accomplishments. Over the past eight seasons, the Greyhounds have accumulated an overall record of 302 wins, 131 losses, 29 overtime losses, and 10 shootout losses. That's a winning percentage of .681, along with having won the Angelo Bombaco Trophy, symbolic of the West Division champions, on three occasions, 2014-15, 2016-17, and 2017-18. Hounds have also won the Hamilton Spectator Trophy, of the team finishing first overall in the OHL regular season twice, 2018 and 2015, while advancing to the OHL Championship Series in 2018. So congratulations to General Manager Kyle Raftus from the Sioux Greyhounds, earning a long contract extension. Sioux Greyhounds announced that uh, one of their uh, draft picks, Mr. Bowen, was the first-round pick in 2022, the priority selection this spring, and the Greyhounds have signed. Mr. Bowen to a contract, according to general manager Kyle Raftus. Brown is an elite skater, really creative with the puck and can find and create lanes for himself and his teammates. He's just somebody that makes everybody around him better. He's got a great motor in terms of his work ethic, has a lot of those tools and how he thinks the game, his skating, and his skill level that once strength comes, he is going to be a real force for us. In 46 games last season with the New York Rangers, North York Rangers, excuse me, under 16 team, Brown scored 19 goals and accumulated 60 points. Northern Ontario Junior Hockey League, Poisson Voodoos, they've announced their new head coach, Peter Goulet, 
As this was announced a couple weeks ago, Goulet has been the full-time hockey coach for 18 years and has won championships with the Nippon Raiders in 2012 and the CCHL and the Kingston Warriors in 20, 2009 and the OJHL. Most recently, he was with the Trenton Golden Hawks of the Ontario Junior A Hockey League as head coach and general manager, where he recorded a regular season record of 76, 26, and 6 from 2019 to 2022. Sioux Thunderbirds also have uh, added some experience to their forward line as they've acquired Ryan Blackburn from the Wisconsin Lumberjacks of the Superior International Hockey League. Blackburn from Allendale, Michigan, 5'10", 170 pounds, has a 2003 birth year. He began last season with the Lemington Flyers of the Greater Ontario Junior Hockey League before moving to Wisconsin and the SIJHL. And Sault Ste. Marie native Tyler Dunbar, he has recently had an invite to the National Hockey League Summer Development Camp of the Colorado Avalanche. The 6'1", 190-pound defenseman who will turn 19 in December of this year. Played for the Sioux Junior Greyhounds and the Sioux Thunderbirds. He also played for the Flint Firebirds, or I should say he was a third-round draft pick of the Firebirds. He didn't sign with Flint. He stayed in eligibility for college, uh, still probably going to North Dakota and he's been playing recently with the Muskegon Lumberjacks of the United States Hockey League. Move, keeping it in Sioux, Ontario, uh, last Monday, the Sioux, Ontario City Council agreed to basically punt $238,000 to S&T Electrical Contractors Limited to fix the lighting problem that caused uh, quite a firestorm and pretty much an embarrassment of field lights for the Sioux Steelers season opener on June 11th. The high mass field lights at Rocky DiPietro Field were originally earmarked for replacement in the 2022 capital budget, but only 193000 was allocated for the project. S&T was the only company that responded to the tender call, but its bid was $45,000 more than city officials were hoping to pay. Councilors voted last Monday to pay the shortfall from a subdivider reserve fund. The Steelers' June 11th season opener against the Tri-City Outlaws had to be called off at halftime when the lights failed. And you'll remember a very impassionate or compassionate or maybe inflamed David McKegg Jr. in his comments last month on that. Uh, certainly uh, social media was a uh, little bl blaze by that, and some of the outlaw players received suspensions due to some of their comments from the Northern Football Conference. So uh, the ongoing saga continues at Rocky DiPietro Field. Well, some sad news over the weekend as the news came of the passing of Lake Superior State University hockey equipment manager, Wes DeJong, as a Lake Superior State hockey posted on Twitter uh, quote, with completely shattered hearts, we say goodbye to the best of the best, our equipment manager, Wes DeJong. Anyone who knew Wes was immediately impacted by him. He was one of the boys through and through and loved joking with the guys and coaching staff. They continue being our equipment manager was truly his dream job. This year we'll play for him. He'll be heavy on our hearts and minds each day. West easy, rest easy, Wes. If you'd like to stop by the Victory Bell to leave something in remembrance of Wes, 
we welcome to do so. Wes DeJong had been the equipment manager for Lake State. I believe he was going into his fourth season. He also did a time as a volunteer for Laker hockey for over 10 years, also going to school at Lake Superior State. And anybody that knew Wes, and I didn't know him very well, but anytime I got a chance to talk to him, uh, just a really good guy and just a really sad day and weekend at Lake Superior State University. So our thoughts and prayers go out to the the Jong family and, of course, LSSU Hockey and Athletics. It's just another example of uh, somebody gone way too soon, and certainly he is in our thoughts and prayers as we speak. Tributes on social media have been pouring in from all around the hockey world, including Dylan Larkin from the Detroit Red Wings, who said, Rest easy, Wes. We'll never forget seeing him at GLI a few years back and so proud to be working for LSSU Hockey. Head coach Damon Witten also uh, tweeted, uh, he said, it's a tremendous loss for LSSU Hockey. We are devastated to share that West DeJong unexpectedly passed away. He loyally and selflessly served at Laker Hockey for over a decade. And uh, head basketball coach for the men, Steve Hedinga, stated, I think, very well, no one loved Lake State more than Wes. So, again, our thoughts and prayers to Wes DeJong and his family gone way too soon and certainly not forgotten. The Lake Superior State University Athletic Department has hired Chase Ward as Athletic Communication Director, as announced by Athletic Director Dr. David Dials last Wednesday. Quote from Dials, our department is very happy to welcome Chase. His background, skills, and experiences have prepared him very well to contribute to our sports communication efforts. In addition, I anticipate that he will be tremendously helpful in the overall administrative efforts of the department. Warden, native of Waverly, Ohio, comes to LSSU from Newberry College in Newberry, South Carolina, where he served as an athletics communications assistant for the 2021-22 academic year. At Newberry, he was the primary media contact for five varsity programs, including volleyball, men's basketball, women's lacrosse, and both tennis programs. In addition to his responsibilities with his assigned sports, Ward also strived to do whatever was necessary throughout the department including serving as a public address announcer, training student department, including serving as a assistant with the development of a social media plan for the South Atlantic Conference Championship winning Newberry College football team, and has traveled to provide live coverage of multiple postseason tournaments, including the Newberry College Women's Tennis Program's NCAA tournament appearance. And finally, the Lake Superior State University Athletic Department is preparing to host the 33rd annual Lake State Golf Classic on Friday, August 5th at Wild Bluff in Brimley, Michigan. Registration will take place at 8 a.m. with a shotgun start beginning at 9 a.m. Cost set at $160 per person or $640 for a full team of four. In addition, the cost for whole sponsors that begins at $150 and the registration deadline is today for sponsors, and Wednesday, July 27th for players. There will also be an auction with bidding open from July 25th through the evening of August 5th. Registrations as well as viewing available sponsorship opportunities can be done by going to lssulakers.com or emailing the foundation at lssu.edu or by calling Rubenstein 
doesn't give a first name. It just says Rubenstein at 906-635-6219. And one other note, Michigan Tech, they have added an exhibition game against Lake Superior State on October 1st. The Huskies and Lakers will drop the puck on the 2022-23 season starting at 2.07 p.m. On October 1st at the McGinnis Student Ice Arena. The two teams will also meet on November 11th and 12th in Houghton. Those will be WCHA matchups. And December 16th and 17th at Taffy Abel Arena in Sault Ste. Marie. Lake Superior State also has exhibitions scheduled at home against Nipissing on October 2nd and against the U.S. National Team Program Under-18 team on October 7th. The Lakers' first regular season games are at home against Nebraska-Omaha on October 14th and 15th. And the Lakers, they will be taking part in the 2022 Quick Trip Holiday Faceoff, December 28th and 29th in Milwaukee. Lake State will play Wisconsin in one semifinal. Little rematch of the 92 National Championship game where the Lakers won that one in Albany, I believe, by the score of 5-3. to three. And the Wisconsin fans certainly weren't happy about it, as uh, Dave Watson and I can attest to. We were both there going on the fan bus. Certainly was a lot of fun. The other semifinal, UMass plays Clarkson with the consolation and championship game set for December 29th. And that is your local sports, but we have more sports to talk about. We're going to take our first break here on the game. We come back, we'll be joined by co-host David Keg Jr., who will be talking about the NHL free agency bonanza, which started last Wednesday. He'll have some words on general manager of the Sioux Greyhounds, Kyle Raftis, being re-signed, and he'll also discuss the Toronto Blue Jays in the playoff hunt and what is a wild, wild card scenario in the American League. All coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, News Talk 1400. Welcome back to The Game on News Talk 1400. Scott Nason with you, joining us now and every Monday night, co-host of The Game here on News Talk 1400 and host of The Game Sports Show in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, David McKegg Jr. joining us on the game on this warm summer Monday. How you doing, sir? Oh, Scotty, I am doing just mint, if you will. The weather is absolutely amazing. I love every second of the heat. Everyone that knows me knows that my, I would say, Italian culture comes out. But I think it's fair to say everybody likes to enjoy the heat and beachside camp on their boat cd whatever it may be my friend i'm doing great and it is a monday but after the work day to come out and enjoy this weather is optimal but even better to enjoy it with you and talk sports how are you my friend I'm doing great, Dave, and even though I'm Scandinavian, I love this heat indeed. We have waited a long time for it, and you will get no complaints out of me. Well, it's the middle of July, Dave, but we will start with the National Hockey League as free agency started last week. And it certainly has been very, very busy. Butch and I will cover the Detroit Red Wings a little more in depth coming up in our next segment uh, when we're joined by Butch Davis. But Dave, I want your rundown as far as the first, what, five or six days of NHL free agency, some of the big moves that you have uh, made note of, uh, what the Toronto Maple Leafs have done. So I'm going to turn the floor over to you because you are our hockey expert. So go time, sir. Oh, you know, I'll go with the self-proclaimed hockey expert, but no, jokes aside, I, free agency was hectic. I, a lot of surprises and 
I'm going to go with one surprise, and we're going to talk about a lot on our upcoming Top Shelf edition this week. We'll get into a lot of detail where I'm sure myself and the fellas will have at least 45 minutes to an hour to get everything out that we need. But the obvious surprise signing was Johnny Goudreau to Columbus, right? You you think of Johnny Goudreau leaving Calgary and going to Columbus to a place where is it truly better than Calgary as an organization? Are they truly that team that Goudreau sees winning as a Stanley Cup? Or how come he couldn't go home to Philly? They had the management come forward in Philadelphia say that salary cap was an issue. Where was New Jersey? Well, New Jersey offered 10.7 over 7. He said no. Where was New York Islanders or the New York Rangers for these teams in the usual run. But you know what? Columbus entered the chat and said, here you go. And Johnny Gujo says, you know what? I'm going to take that. And yep. <laughs> he gets to go to Columbus and play alongside uh, Patrick Laine, who I'm sure will have easier contract negotiations now with Columbus, given this move. And if Columbus can kind of solidify that center position down the road or uh, kind of get some more dominant players up the middle, then you got Columbus is going to be a real noisemaker. It's a fan base that's, Really passionate. If you remember when they were in the playoffs, that is actually a very passionate fan base. So when someone says, oh, why would you go to Columbus? Why would anyone want to go to Columbus? Listen, I understand going to Columbus is not like going to the Big Apple. Okay, I understand it's not like going to Tampa, Florida in terms of the heat. Okay, but sometimes, and for some reason, things happen the way they do in the NHL, which makes sports so interesting. And Johnny Goudreau signing Columbus is an absolute head stretcher. But maybe there's something there that we don't know. Maybe Johnny is going to this team because the GM told him plans or what he sees. Or maybe Johnny Goudreau wants to be out of that Canadian hockey limelight and the pure hockey limelight to go somewhere where, yes, hockey is certainly really followed, but where he's going to be really, really loved. You know, it's going to be Johnny Goudreau and Patrick Laine's team. And he has some good young core and pieces there in Columbus, such as Adam Bulquist. I like what Columbus has there uh, overall. And Johnny Goudreau signing there was surprising. Uh, but, again, we'll see how it pans out in the future. And Johnny Goudreau, people say right now, obviously he wanted to get paid over winning. I tell everyone to pump the brakes on that. I'm not saying Columbus is going to win a cup anytime soon. I don't think they're going to. But I'm sure Johnny signed there is more of a reason than what he has released. And I'm sure in the upcoming days he may release more. There was more signings I get to, Scotty. I could sit here for a long period of time and get through a long period of signings. But the ones that, in terms of that, or haven't been signed to this point is what has me scratching my head. Okay, now, by the time we upload this show, uh, in terms of having it live on air, sorry, and then upload it in the archives, in terms of following later, if you weren't able to tune in live, these guys might get signed, but Nazem Kadri and John Klingberg. Yeah. You know, Nazem Kadri who had a career season, Scott, and he's still waiting. Obviously, he's waiting to choose the right decision. John Klingberg. Very offensive, threatening defenseman will fit in anyone's top four and be a very big add to anyone's blue line. I can name a few teams that need defense. I'm not going to name a particular one, but you have teams that need defense. What's keeping them at hold? Is it the salary? Is it the fit? Who knows what it is? So those players not being signed. And then Nino Niederreiter is somebody else who really attracts my eye. It's not being signed. I think he's probably asking for over $5 million, which is a little bit much for someone of what uh, how he's been up and down in his career. But there's a big guy that can go in the corners and score goals. 
What does that get you? Money. What did Ilya Mikheyev get in Vancouver? 4.75 for being a lethal penalty killer in speed. He's not a top six guy. I don't care what anybody says. He's not. And for him to almost get $5 million, this market is definitely a player's market right now. If you are looking to get paid, you're in the market. And Kadri is going to get paid. And that's probably why some players that haven't gone haven't because of the money that they are waiting to be uh, paid, if you will. But then there's the teams that actually did a good chunk of moves, and that's the Detroit Red Wings, Scott, in particular, okay? Now, I'm going to get into a little detail about Detroit. The Detroit Red Wings and Stevie Y, I've said this in how many shows, he is the best GM in hockey, and he had no problem pulling out his wallet on free agency day for numerous yeah. guys. I'm going to let you and Butch get into that more about Detroit, but I loved what he did. I truly love what Buffalo did. I love what Columbus did. These mar- smaller market teams that don't really do as much did little bit of moves. Now, if you're looking at Canadian teams, Montreal. This team is going to be really unique going into the season. First overall pick, they have a lot of players there that were part of the cup run offensively, not defensively, of course. But they have a team that could be turned around, I think, quite quickly. And they're in the rumor mill for Pierre-Luc Dubois, who I feel is a cancer in the locker room. Well, flat, I'll say it how it is. But if he moves over to Montreal from Winnipeg, that'd be a massive trade. Uh, Now, it makes me wonder what would go the other way. But all these different terms and different players and circumstances I'm bringing up are just all surprising moves. Detroit spending money. You have Columbus spending money. Guys that are should be gone that aren't gone. And you look at Toronto Maple Leafs now going over to Kyle Dubas. What in the bleep are you doing, are people going to say? <laughs> you got Matt Murray. You got Ilya Samsonov. I love the Samsonov signing. They got a potential, you know, low-risk, high-reward type signing there with Samsonov, who was killer in the bubble with Washington and could be a good change for him. But Matt Murray, we, we don't need to get into that in any sort of which way. You have the Toronto Maple Leafs spending 2.25 in Engvall to avoid arbitration, spending four years on Kyle Yarncroft. You have all these uh, bottom six guys that made moves for, and everyone's like, okay, hey, where's the Kadri signing? Where's the Klingberg signing? All right, pump the brakes. This guy doesn't have money to throw around, but there are. he certainly has money he has to get rid of because he's already too over the cap in terms of compliance. So you know somebody's going. If it's Kerfoot, if it's Muzzin, if it's Hall, oh, and everyone is hoping Hall. But yeah. am, I, am I sold about what Toronto has done, Scott? No, I truly am not. I, am I happy about what they have done? If you're asking me as a fan, no. But do I like how they improved their top six? Most certainly. Or, sorry, their bottom six? Absolutely. I think they have done that. But they haven't been able yet to address the biggest need. And people say, oh, well, they addressed the goaltending need. Uh, mm, not not really. They definitely addressed that they had vacancies uh, in order to uh, to address in terms of have two goalies in the net this season. But they didn't get goalies that maybe could be that championship pedigree that they're looking for. So we'll have to wait and see with that. And on defense, are they truly better? It's Muzzin healthy, but as it is in least media, apparently they're getting Wayne Gretzky to come out of retirement because everyone seems to be going there. So right. to see that the rest of this offseason remains to be seen. I can sit here and talk about everything that has happened, who hasn't been signed, players and teams that did maneuvers, but overall I would say that 
there's still a lot of summer left to go, and it's very interesting. The Edmonton Oilers spending $5 million on Jack Campbell was is way too much, in my opinion, because of term, not value. If that was a two- or three-year contract, that's a slam dunk of a deal. But if you're looking at uh, a contract of five years, it's going to pay Jack Campbell until he's 36. That's why GMs are so worried about spending money on the free agency market because a lot of players are getting paid overpriced. Is Jack Campbell overpriced? Mm, no. But is that contract, is that more risky than it is potentially to be rewarding in the end? Absolutely, I think it is. Because I don't think Jack Campbell is going to be the same until he's 36 years old, to be honest. Unless, if I'm wrong, I will eat my words. But, again, you have teams that are making those climbs. The Ottawa Senators are just making moves this offseason. Great moves as well. And going back to Toronto, a lot of depth moves. A lot of teams have had to do those depth moves. New Jersey spending money on Andre Palat. A lot of moves have come into place, a lot of surprising moves, but the teams that were more at the bottom are the ones spending money. And the ones that got my eye the most are those Detroit Red Wings. I am so scared for those Red Wings in the future, and everybody else should be, because Stevie Y, baby, that guy is going to build an absolute masterpiece in Detroit. So, Scott, I don't want to get into all these different types of player signings in terms of uh, how I feel about except Johnny Goudreau's. Uh, just a few about how some didn't get moved and some moves have already happened. But, again, there's a lot of things that could still happen throughout the summer, and it's going to certainly be very interesting coming to a puck drop this upcoming season. Yeah, Dave, I would agree on the Goudreau signing. I think uh, there's uh, something brewing in Columbus. Again, it's not a hockey hotbed, but it has a great fan following, and they just seem to be making that sort of progress, and certainly adding a player of that caliber will help, and uh, I'll certainly have more to say about the Detroit Red Wings and their signings. Uh, trust in Stevie Y. I said that when he was a player. I continue to say that as he's a general manager. As David McKay Jr. joining us on the game. And Dave, real quick before we get to Major League Baseball, we did have some uh, late-breaking news here locally as the Sioux Greyhounds announced that they have uh, reached an agreement to extend the contract of their general manager, Kyle Raftis, another four years to the 2025-26 season. To me, this is a no-brainer, Dave. You know, Kyle uh, Raftis replaced Kyle Dubas, now the general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs. But, the, you know, the team has not really fallen off much, if at all, since uh, Raftis has been on board. Good move in your opinion. Definitely. You know what? I guess everyone can stop the rumor that if uh, his contract ended the season after Dubas gets fired, he'd be coming back. Uh, but that's we'll right. that joke. We will leave that joke away. We don't expect that to happen in either way, shape, or form, especially now. And getting Kyle Raftis locked up is important. This organization has had success. And the success, the success extends back to when Dubas was there. You know, he has had, he's built a good foundation there. There were some questionable moves that Dubas made uh, with the Jack Campbell trade, which is well, probably one of the more worst trades that's happened in Hound's history. Uh, yeah. A lot of people would agree to that, but he still built a team that was a winner, and Raftis has continued to do the same, and the organization of the Hounds has been really reputable in the Ontario Hockey League and very consistent. As a fan base, it's all you can ask. The only thing we've been missing is that championship. We, You know, you've seen the playoffs, you've seen the finals, you've seen good runs, you've seen exciting teams. Now, I think Raptus is the guy that could put this team back to winning the Memorial Cup. He was close to doing it already. I feel like this is a strong move by the grounds and a good move to show commitment to a guy that deserves it and just commitment throughout the entirety of the organization for its players that are coming in, knowing that they have a long-term GM who has that 
full table of uh, of absolute accolades of success with the Greyhounds. I'm excited to see what he can do more. Truly, I think this is someone who has the uh, potential to be a GM in the professional levels. I don't know if he'd be a, a head GM in the National Hockey League like, like Dubas is. But, again, you have somebody who I think after this extension could be a real stepping stone in his career as well. And despite all Hounds fans or people may not look at it this way, the goal for Raftis, I'm sure, is to move on to the next level at the best point in time and best fit for his career. And I think after this contract is completed, he, he'll be able to observe that easily in his career because he's going to continue to have more success. David McKay Jr. joining us on the game. And, Dave, let's finish with Major League Baseball as we are into the All-Star break, a home run competition tonight, the All-Star game tomorrow at Dodger Stadium. The Toronto Blue Jays, 50-43, and 43, heading into the All-Star break. Uh, quite a ways back of the New York Yankees, as is the entire American League East, but in a pretty good battle for a wild-card position, currently uh, holding one of those three positions. You also have Tampa, Seattle, you have the Baltimore Orioles, believe it or not, still on the mix, the Guardians, the White Sox. So, Dave, uh, State of the Blue Jays heading into the All-Star break, maybe not as good as Jays fans might have wanted, but maybe not as bad as it could have been. Your thoughts? You know, honestly, there are five games improved over last year, and everyone says that's what everyone should be looking at. But if you look at this team going into this year, you have a team that was a favorite to win the World Series. Oh, second favorite. Sorry, they were second favorite to win the World Series behind the Los Angeles Dodgers, of course, who are uh, quite the powerhouse, if you will. And I think there's another team that should be entering that powerhouse chat. It is the New York Yankees, obviously. Uh, but you have you have the Blue Jays right now that have been – the battles this year hasn't been the roster put together because the roster is well put together. They have the tools to do it. They really do. They have good pitching when healthy. They have good batting when healthy. But the problem is been consistency. And it seems that it always has been the problem with the Blue Jays, even when they were rebuilding this team. The batting, real inconsistent. You got you got one one week Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is an absolute stud. The next week, Lourdes Gurriel is. Look at his average now. He's been actually hot the last few weeks. Bo Bichette is hot. Then Chapman's streaky. Then he gets hot. Vigio was 117 average for a month into the season. Gets sent down. Now he's back. He's over 200, but he's still struggling. Jansen can't stay healthy. You have Ryu who goes into the, who, who's gone all season. Kikuchi who's been an absolute bust. Gosman who was off for a little bit. Again, and every team battles these. The Tigers have battled a lot of pitching hell. So everyone battles this, uh, the injury bug. So I don't even really want to go into that, but the consistency has been the big issue for the Jays. If you have games, if you look at their stats this year, they've lost a lot of one-run games this year. I think it's up there in the upper thresholds of the Major League Baseball. And a lot of those games have been 4-3, 3-2, 2-1. And with that offense, you should be scoring more than run-run a game. Okay, that's And they've had a lot of chances this year where they haven't been able to do so. The bad averages show it in a lot of those guys. They've been really inconsistent. So if I'm the Blue Jays, I am a little bit concerned about what the bats do and have been doing. But I am very confident, though, that that's something that you can shake. You just need to get into the cages. You need to get working and really commit to what the coaches are buying and really read your pitchers and really try to get on those pitchers that are pitching against you to try to have that success. And overall, I think the Jays will get consistent with the bats. And if the pitching can kind of stay sort of consistent with also the bullpen, trying to find its game on some of the pitchers anyways, 
this team will be able to climb the upper thresholds of the AL. Will they catch the Yankees? Highly doubtful. Uh, but this is a team that I'm very sure will get into the playoffs, but they have a lot of things that they have to correct. And I think they can address a lot of it between this week and going into the trade deadline in the coming weeks. They need to add a bullpen arm. I think they need to add a rotation arm. And I also think if they can add a bat, why not? So three big trades need to get made, which aren't easily made. They have prospects to do it. Everyone that's saying Juan Soto, listen, I would love it, but you've got to give contracts to Bichette and Guerrero. Juan Soto is going to be a Yankee or a Mets by the end of the season, if not the beginning of next year, in my honest opinion. Okay, unless you want to get rid of Lourdes Gurriel or maybe Bo Bichette, you're not getting Juan Soto. So I think the Jays have to look at, you know, bringing in a pitcher from a team that is struggling from the Nationals, uh, and maybe look at bringing in some bullpen arms from those teams that are selling that are good bullpen arms. Uh, but be, the wish list for me would be a DH or another fielder that can hit uh, that would be inserted in the top six of their lineup, but then also a, a starting pitcher and a bullpen arm, and I think the Jays then can work on the consistency to be more successful. Lastly, the manager, Montoyo, I think that was a good move by the Jays. He can't handle the big situations. John Schneider, I feel like they should have brought in Joe Madden, Scotty. I've been freaking yeah. Joe Madden since this has happened. I think he would be a guy to bring in the seriousness of that uh, of that clubhouse. You know, I love John Schneider because of his attitude. He says, hey, K.O., do I smell like beer? Or he's giving thumbs up. He's very loose. He's very good with the guys. But I was thinking John would be good to take a backseat for another year or two. He's had success in the minors as a manager. But you have John Matt, or Joe Madden, sorry, who's available. You should be thinking, thinking on bringing him in. Unless he said no, then they made the right move. But I think they have somebody right in front of them that could have been successful at this immediate time. But John is the guy, I think, that can still get this job done as long as the bats can get hot. Dave, before we let you go, what's ahead for you and your crew at the Game Sports Show in Sioux, Ontario? And is the Summer League baseball season over or is it still going on? Give us an update. Certainly. So we'll have Top Shelf this week. We plan to record tomorrow, which will be Tuesday, July the 19th. The upload will be all set for your enjoyment. Uh, early release at night, but you'll have a full release on uh, the morning of Wednesday, July the 20th to tune into that. So we'll get into a lot more with Top Shelf. I didn't want to tease too much on this with Scott's feedback, but I went into what I can, and that was just a little bit of a taste to what we're going to get into this upcoming week. We will have a strike zone edition as well uh, this week with the date is to be determined, but likely the weekend. And with that, Scott, perfect segue to answer your question with summer baseball still going on. Uh, we actually still have a good handful of games left. The T-Gem Pandas are 8-1 and one on the season. Nice. Uh, end up losing a game. We are hot. They are hot. The boys are hot. Uh, unfortunately, I'm on the seven-day DL. I feel like George Springer uh, <laughs> just because I, I took a, a ball to the shin, which has swelled my shin. So I'm a little bit walking on a limp this week, so I'll be on the one-week DL. Uh, so I will be uh, not available for the games this week. But the boys will be playing twice this week. You can go check them out at the IDA Ballpark at Sinclair Yards at Strathclair. And uh, we, they play at 7.30. There's games at 8.30. Just check out the website. And there's obviously youth baseball going on locally, too. Some youth teams had tournaments this week, this past weekend, rather. And I would suggest fans to look into that because uh, and see their schedules and those results because we've got some good young ball players coming up here in the Sioux. But with the ball, baseball season for men's open, the T-Gem Pandas are hot. Uh, and the, we have a big week uh, to hopefully build on this very strong record we have had this season, and still a lot of baseball left to be played uh, going into August, early September. 
Well, you heal up, sir, and get yourself ready for the stretch run. And uh, that is David McKay Jr. joining us on the game. Dave, as always, thanks for joining us. So we'll talk to you next Monday night for our next edition of the game. Sounds good, Scotty. And make sure everyone to hit like, follow, and subscribe on all the platforms of the Game Sports Show. And T-Gem, always great content by yours truly, Scott, and the crew. Sounds good, my friend. We will take a break. We come back. We'll be joined by Butch Davis from Butch on Sports, all coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, News Talk 1400. Let's get back to the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Let's get back to The Game on News Talk 1400. Welcome back to The Game on News Talk 1400. Scott Nason with you. Joining us now and for the rest of the show, which will last until 8 o'clock tonight, co-host of The Game and host of Butch on Sports, Butch Davis. Brand new edition of Butch on Sports from Sunday night, which you can find on Butch's website. Just go to simplybutch2, that's T-O-O dot Potomatic dot com. You can always find Butch on Sports on Facebook as well or on our podcast site. TheGameSportsShow.Podbean.com as Butch joins us each and every week to talk about what's going on not only in the Metro Detroit sports region but the sports world in general. Butch, we finally got the hot weather up here, upper 80s, enjoying every minute of it. How are you doing, sir? You must be doing pretty good. I can't hear. Butch, do we got you on the line? Yes, you do. There he is. That was was just a delay for our listeners in the anticipation of Butch. How you doing, sir? Yeah, you didn't want to hit him before I got on the air. I'll tell you what. Hey, it's 88 degrees here, man. Uh, It's it's nice and humid here. Uh, 90 with something tomorrow, 90 something on Wednesday. We'll we'll fry. Shoot. (laughs) You got the air conditioner working good in the uh, house? It's fine and dandy. That's what we like to hear. Well, Butch, let's start with the team that hasn't been hot uh, really all season long, uh, the Detroit Tigers, as we are at the All-Star break. The good news for Tiger fans is, well, they won't have to see the Tigers lose for the next few days. The bad news is um, halfway through the baseball season, the Tigers find themselves in fourth place. 37 wins, 55 losses. They're on pace for a 97-loss season. The team is 12 and a half games behind first place Minnesota. The same distance out of the third wild card playoff spot. Just a game ahead of the Kansas City Royals for last place in the AL Central. Certainly, Butch, this isn't what fans had hoped for at the beginning of the season. I kind of want to go through a few different aspects of the Tigers here as we hit the halfway point of the season. But I just want to hear your thoughts. I know you had a lot on Butch on Sports last night. Just where the Tigers sit heading into the All-Star break. we got an hour and 15 minutes. We do. We got it. A lot of area here. And this is a slow sports week other than the uh, the British Open. It really is. We're not quite sure we'll talk about that little clown show here. That was a <laughs> little thing here. Uh, you know what? The Tigers got a lot to do. And I hate to say it, and I'll say it for a thousand times on this show, the administration has to take some uh, huge responsibility on how this club is going. Uh, they the one that's pushed the buttons. They the one that gets the the people in to play to feel that they can mesh up with this particular player, that particular player, and succumb to the basically it's very simple succumb to what the manager wants and the coaches want in order to be a successful team. The Tigers have not done that. They have been long gone, as Ernie Harwell say, yep. on the 
on the house on the side of the road here. And right now, no one's passing by here. They're not cutting the grass. They're not mowing the weeds down. They're not doing anything. And it's sad for the fans who is built up with so much expectation about a local team that basically right now has been very patient in watching uh, a team do a whole heck of a lot of drafting, uh, not so much trading per se, and to bring up some of the players they brought up in free agency is a joke. That's another show that we should probably put on there. Yep. And it'll probably have to be censored because <laughs> a lot of things have to be said about some of our veteran players. But, again, we can kind of celebrate uh, Miguel Cabrera, who deservedly uh, is in the All-Star game. Uh, Soto, maybe not so much, but he's there. And also Willie Horton. Uh, This is a good day for the Tigers in representation there. Butch, let's start at the top and kind of work our way through just uh, how the Tigers have done. And, you know, General Manager Alavila, you know, his fingerprints are all over this team, obviously being the general manager for what, seven, eight years. And, you know, the one thing that he has not done well is hitting on some of these free agents or trades. Um, you know, we've talked about it a lot over the last couple months, but, you know, at some point, uh, do the Tigers really need to take a hard, deep look at Alavila and say, you know what, you've, tr- you've done this for a while. Things aren't working out or is there more to blame? Well, you talk about the fingerprint. I say DNA is dripping all on the door handles and on the floor and everything else. Don't need forensics. Yeah, well, it's there. (laughs) You know, I think Alavilla should share a whole heck of a lot of of what's going on now. And the reason I say that wholeheartedly is because I know the guy up close and personal. He is that kind of guy who wants great expectations for a, a team that he adores and a city that he loves as well. Right. I don't think what he's doing is is maybe showing his true colors of his rear end and just getting down and talking to the coaches and giving them a coming to Jesus meeting that they cannot forget. Either you stay or you go, but we can't have what we're having right now. That's just plain and simple. And we got that from a Jim Leland uh, as a manager of Detroit Tigers. When they went through a little spur when he first came on, the first thing he said after a home game that the Tigers had botched up tremendously, he closed down the clubhouse and kept us waiting for about a half an hour or more. But when he got in there, he, he had very few words to say. He said, Whatever went on last year will not go on this year. And you get your crap together. I'm talking to myself, and I already put myself a check, but I'm talking to you coaches. I'm talking to you players. Get it together. Whatever went on last year, flush it down the toilet. Okay? And then after you did that and said that, and uh, you said, you media is dismissed. That means and none of us got to ask, a question. This guy was hot as a firecracker. And things change. Things change for the better for Detroit Tigers. As they went in as a wild card team and went to the World Series. I mean, yeah. what's the deal on that? You know, it, it, it comes from basically the passion that you have for a team. And I'm not saying. A.J. Hinch is not a passionate uh, particular manager and should be somewhat grateful 
of a second opportunity they had from some of the grap or the garbage that went on in Houston. Literally. Yeah, very <laughs> much so there, you know. So I'm quite sure people had a lot of questions and question marks on that particular. And that's where I think Mr. Hinch's doggone um, DNA has to kick on in and say, you know what, I it's all I can stand, but I can't stand no more. And get the job done, you know. I think they have the capable players, uh, the training staff, they should need to be looked at very much so because there's too many injuries and there's too many things that are going down as far as the inability for a player to play, uh, the proper assessments. And I mean talking about players being just plain honest about how they feel, how their injuries are, or, or do they have any injuries? Not just going out there and making things absolutely worse. It's a mess right now, and that mess has to be cleaned up, and the person who has to clean that up is Alavila. Butch, we're going to take our top-of-the-hour break, but we will continue our Tigers conversation at the top of the next hour. We'll look at uh, some of the underperforming veterans, uh, the pitching staff, which has done okay, I guess, and injuries, all coming up on the Twin Sues only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, and News Talk 1400. Ah, the joys of cooking. Just find a recipe, get the ingredients, preheat the oven. <laughs> okay, this is already too much. Pull up Applebee's to go instead. Choose from the whole menu, order and pay online, pick it up, and now you're home with dinner. Ah, the joys of not cooking. Applebee's to go. Now that's eating good in the neighborhood. Pick up your next meal with Applebee's Car Side to Go. Order and pay online, pick up, and head home. Getting the kids to practice on time. Remembering if it's your day to bring snacks. Making it to the game with a clean jersey. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. Auto owners works with independent agents who answer when you call, so you can worry about more important things, like whether your kid is going to run toward first or third base. That's simple human sense. Madigan Pingator, your independent auto owner's agency on West Water Street in the Sioux. Now's the time of the year to get more for your money on a new Mahindra, the world's number one selling farm tractor. Enjoy 0% financing on select Mahindra tractors. That's more for less on Mahindra's best selling models. We deliver more lift, better fuel efficiency, and more built-in weight. Paul Thompson here with Gaylor Thompson Sales. Come on in and test drive a new Mahindra today. And remember, we also carry a full line of Boss Plows, Cub Cadet, Woods Implements, Xmark Mowers, Echo Power Equipment, and Doolittle Trailers. Give us a call today at 906-478-3026. And remember, I-75, exit 373 in Rudyard for the best service in the EUP. Let's get to the second half of the game on News Talk 1400 WKNW, Sault Ste. Marie. It's the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Now, here's Scott Nason. Welcome back to the game on News Talk 1400. Scott Nason with you as we continue to be joined by co-host of the game and host of Butch on Sports, Butch Davis. Butch, let's look at the Detroit Tigers and uh, some of their problems, which are many right now. Let's start with uh, the most obvious problem, uh, hitting. 
Right now, the team is batting a collective 229, and you have several of the veterans, including Javier Baez, uh, $40 million a year worth, batting 213. Uh, you know, several guys that are just above uh, 200 or below uh, 200. Uh, Jonathan Shoup at 212. You have Tucker Barnard at 207. Robbie Grossman, 205. Spencer Torkelson, we'll talk more about him in a moment, 197. Candelario, 191. And uh, you have a couple other players players below that uh, butch it wasn't as bad a month ago as far as the tigers hitting but my goodness batting 229 heading into the all-star break uh, what if anything can be fixed at this point okay well here i'll <clears throat> use a phrase that i used last night on my show there on june 17th the tigers made a push for the next three weeks they yep. went 12 and seven in 19 games. That was the era when Riley Green came and he got called up on June 18th, okay? And the Tigers seemed to be wailing from that point on, putting in the effort. But I think the biggest sign that I don't think everyone got in the memo that all the players received is that they can be replaced. Yep. And I don't think, again, this is on the manager. This is on the general manager. This is on the coach of the hitting ensemble and what has been done to fix it. If you're in the good old boys club, then that same coach will still be there and the team will be ruined. But if you're showing your displeasure on basically right now on why a team is not being able to respond the way they should respond. Number one, let me get this out of my chest personally here. The Tigers is not a home run hitting team. Not at all. They're not in a home run hitting park. So the park was made, which I highly disagree, it was made for uh, doubles and triples and run around the bases. Whoever thought of making that particular stadium, I don't mean no harm to Mr. Illich at all. Yes, the Tigers need to move. They need to have a good stadium, but I, I never liked the stadium and the outlook. Agree. It's nice and sunny and all, and it's great weather. That's great, okay? But Detroit is not built for the particular weather that comes through here, okay? Uh, summer and then early in the season, in the spring, and yet again in the fall, and you know, when it gets cold. And I just thought, you know, as, uh, you have a hitting coach that look at the situation they can be in. The, the Tigers can have some people that hit home runs, but again, they're not doing the basic at all. Uh, majority of these now uh, teams have shifts that they put on players, and when a player who's supposed to be a pro and been hitting all their life cannot switch to the fact that someone's giving you a hole and you need to hit there, that that's on the coach, okay? That's not on, and on the manager. Then that's on the general manager because the team is not contouring to what the advantages other teams are giving them. And that's, to me, is the saddest part of the whole situation with the hitting, which I see right now. They're trying to hit home runs, and they're not home run hitters. They're slap happy hitters until they come to terms, and that means you got to have a a good hitting coach, or just either sit them down, get them out of the lineup, send them to Toledo, send them to, I don't know, whatever. You know, they need to know that you can be replaced. And the Tigers are doing a very people job of, of showing those players that, you know what, 
This is Detroit. We want to win. I've already opened my mouth. You're going to back it up or you're not going to be here. One of those players that was sent to Toledo over the weekend, Butch, uh, Spencer Turkleson, who was hitting just 197, five home runs, 21 RBIs. Uh, he was optioned to Toledo, according to manager A.J. Hinch. Uh, according to Hinch, we have a plan in place to get him some at-bats and get him back to being the offensive force that we know he's going to be. There is much less spotlight to do it at AAA than it is to continue to do this in the big leagues. Uh, Torkelson, only 22 years old, he was the first overall pick in the 2020 draft, uh, certainly has had his struggles at the plate, especially uh, his strikeout rate, which is one of the highest in the league. Uh, Butch, you think this is a good move to try to kind of reset Torkelson? I mean, obviously he hasn't performed offensively, but he's pretty young. Is this a good move in your opinion? That's a good laugh. That's all it is to me. Because what you're saying right now is that, again, the Tigers don't have no brains here. Yeah. If you're going to send them down there to Toledo, why not bring the Toledo healing coach up here in Detroit? You know, you yeah. got a big clientele that can use your services there. Because if that's the case with Torkelson, uh, that's what I would be doing. Why would I move him and put my myself in the team at Jeopardy there? Why don't you move that coach up here in Detroit? You know, it, it's obvious that the hitting coach here has no influence on him at all, period. Because he did, he'd be doing better. It's obvious maybe where he's going, if they feel that way, that the hitting coach in Toledo will have better uh, results for Torkelson to come back up there and do the same old song and dance that he's been trying to do before. I don't, I, I don't understand that. And that's where I say there, there gotta be some changes in the works with the management staff of the Detroit Tigers and how they're doing business because that should not be. This young man came out of college. And this is where I have a huge complaint with Major League Baseball. Why would you, out of college, if the success he has, and he's a number one draft choice, why would you not put him in a better situation? Why would you start him at A-ball and have him have, for two years, have to climb a ladder? Yeah, it doesn't make any damn sense. Yeah, it's a great point why there. Why you bring him up? At the time he was drafted, okay, give him a two-week vacation, get his bags packed, and bring him to Detroit. Put him in situational plays. Let him see how Major League pitching is. Let him experience how Major League pitching is going to be to him. Now you have a basis to work with him in order to keep him at the pace that he has. I say the same thing about Tracy Mize and how the pitching center. He came out of a championship situation. The most valuable player. And you send him down to A-ball? What kind of cookies do you have that you're baking? If they're not burnt up by now, I don't know what to tell you. But, again, the philosophy of this team is not very favorable, I mean, to our younger kids right now. I agree, Butch, and you mentioned uh, Casey Mize. Looking at the pitching, obviously injuries has been a big part of that. Uh, right now, Tarek Skubal, basically the ace of the rotation with a 4.11 ERA. Rookie Bro Bo Brisky, uh, 419. Uh, they've used Alex Fado, Drew Hutchinson, and others. But you look at all the pitchers that, you know, we thought were going to pitch this year. Matt Manning, uh, one week in the season, he gets injured. Uh, Casey Mize, who was the first overall draft pick in 2018, uh, he's been 
been out. You have uh, Michael Pineda, who was out for a while, came back this weekend, didn't work out very good. Eduardo Rodriguez, $77 million to anchor the rotation. He's out on personal business. Haven't been heard from. Eight starts. Oh, Alexander's another one. Yeah. You got Alex Fowler, okay? And Kyle Funk they're going to see Dr. Woo Woo in some parts <laughs> of this country here to kind of get their ironmen together there. So, again, we're looking at the coaches that you have in the main base of the picture set for why is this all happening? Hard to understand, Butch. I know injuries are usually I part know, of the I game. Come to terms that, you know, some of the people you have here right now is not getting it done, and it causes more harm than good. The philosophy may be great in a dog on pitch when you get a job, but when you get into the job and certain things are not working, you got to make some adjustments. That goes for coaching staff as well. Would one of those adjustments, Butch, possibly being you mentioned, you know, they're not a home run hitting team. They try too much, in, in I think a lot of people's opinion, to hit home runs. Playing small ball, manufacturing runs, stealing bases, playing good defense. Uh, does this team have the DNA to uh, at least attempt that? Because what I've seen this season, they haven't done much of that. Sure, they have the DNA. I, I, I believe that with the young staff that they're bringing up. And all those uh, players right now that we're mentioning right now all have DNA to hit in the hole. And, again, I mentioned it very simply. Majority of Major League Baseball has changed their, their tune when it comes down to playing uh, defensively on the player. A majority of the time you see shifts and whatnot there. And that, that particular player, when those shifts uh, come about, they have to adapt to pitches that basically right now they can drive the other way or go somewhere where basically they can just get on base, okay? If we got the, you know, how many times have you seen the Tigers bunt this year? <laughs> Not many. Okay, you know, those, that's part of the game for a hundred and some odd years here. And you, you're you not elevating those particular there? That, that's just a, that don't make any sense, okay? You have to play the game the way the game is, is plugged. Majority of the players are not home run hitters. Majority of the players are good hitters, situational hitters, because, again, that's how they were raised up to be. Uh, when I played baseball, it wasn't about me how many balls I could tag out of the fence, and I knew I was strong enough to do it. It was about me adapting to the pitcher and what the pitcher is going to give me in certain situations, okay? If they're going to shift me or whatever it may be, then I need to go the other way. I was very treacherous to a whole lot of people in the city of Detroit. And when you, if you ever got to talk to them when they saw me play ball, of going the other way, putting it, put, I was a right-handed hitter. I can put it down the right field line like a hog hit flop, okay? <laughs> and run forever, okay? But you don't have – that's the motivation a good hitting coach will put on a player's mind, and they work it on it in the cage or whatever position they got to work on. They have to buy into some of that. When those particular hits come about there, now – the pitcher will cheat and give you something that you can head off the park. And you'll get more of that. But, again, if you can adapt to what the pitcher's giving you and go the other way or do certain things, bunt the ball, make the other team uncomfortable, and the Tigers have not done that too much this year, 
You're going to have a good situation. Butch, uh, the Major League Baseball draft uh, started on Sunday and continued today. Uh, the Tigers, with their t- first two picks, uh, picked a pair of infielders at number 12 in the first round. The Tigers uh, selected second baseman out of Texas Tech, Jace Young. And in the second round at the 51st pick, uh, they took a shortstop out of Oklahoma, Peyton Graham. They had several picks today, uh, looking at a couple of the early ones. Troy Melton in the fourth round, a pitcher out of San Diego State. And in the fifth round, Luke Gold, a third baseman from Boston College. I'm sure a lot of Tiger fans are hoping that Young and Graham maybe are the next Whitaker and Trammell. Pretty tough uh, to do that, but any comments on the uh, Tigers draft? A lot of comments. How many people from Michigan they pull in here? Zero. Okay, well that's a problem. Yep, that's a big problem because you if you can't <clears throat> put scouts in your own state where you reside, okay, that's something that and there's talent in the state. I'm sorry, there's a guy up there in Sault Ste. Marie right now. I forgot his name here. You know he is eligible to get the hell out of town by sundown <laughs> and hitting the minor leagues. You know, there's someone up there in the Upper Peninsula. I forgot the little city because I looked it up last night. Yeah, yeah, about five players in the Upper Peninsula alone who are major league material and whatnot and have not been called, okay? And it's sickening to my stomach because, again, when the Tigers won in uh, 68 and along with in 84, yep, they had players from Michigan who contributed to that. In uh, eighty uh, in sixty eight, yeah, Willie Horton, Mickey Stanley, uh, Jim Northrop. You had a slew full of players straight out of Michigan. You know, along Bill Freehand. Yeah, okay, to name a few. Okay, uh, Mickey Lodge ended up coming in uh, in the, in, the, in the town hall. You know, eighty four. Kirk Gibson, that's just one. Dan Petrie, you know, the list goes on and on. And also a couple that they got rid of, one to Atlanta, that right now he's a Hall of Famer, okay? Smoltz? Yeah, John Smoltz. Yep. Okay, you know, they they came out of Michigan and whatnot. And for the life of me, I cannot understand why and as much as this uh, RBI program that's going on in Major League right now, that is designed designed to hit the urban sections of the country, okay? Because there's talent there. I think Major League Baseball has gotten infatuated by going to the Caribbean or maybe going across seas, and that's their prerogative how they spend their money. But when you can't look at, you know, subsidize the cost and look, Locally, yeah, that's where you're gonna get your best products and whatnot. That's where you're gonna get your heart. That's where you're gonna get those particular players who can go in the locker room and say, "You know what? I've been raised on this particular team since the hen broke win, and this is where it is." And by God, we gotta get the fans what they want, and that's a winner. And and Gibson gave you that particular kind of rah rah dis boom bop kind of attitude there, and. It's sickening to see an organization such as the Tigers, who is very successful, who is not poor, okay, don't spend their money in the urban parts of the uh, southeast of Michigan as well as the state of Michigan beyond and go after players in this state. 
Butch, we're going to take a break here on the game. When you and I come back, we will talk about the full scale of Major League Baseball as we head into the All-Star break and much more. All coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, News Talk 1400. MNC Water Systems has a solution for all your water needs. Want clean, fresh drinking water? MNC Water Systems proudly distributes Norway Springs artesian water, bottled right here in the Upper Peninsula. Cooler rental and bottled water delivery for your home and office are available. MNC Water Systems is offering contactless delivery right to your door, as well as curbside pickup. Call Mo at MNC Water Systems today at 906-647-7307. Serving the Eastern UP for over 25 years. O'Connor's Chrysler Dodge, Dodge Truck and Jeep in Pickford is your full-service dealership. Servicing Pickford and the surrounding areas with pride for more than 50 years. O'Connor's top-notch body shop includes a state-of-the-art frame straightener. O'Connor's is also a proud supporter of community events. Its sales team has the experience to know which model is right for each customer. And with financing available to back your purchase, you can drive away today in your dream vehicle. Local people, local pride. Stop in today on M129 at O'Connor's. Reed Metals in Tafter is your honest metal recycling business. Reed Metals will give you an honest price without surprise fees or deductions at the scale. Reed Metals buys heavy equipment, catalytic converters, radiators, lead-based batteries, rims and motors, copper, brass, lead, tin, cast, aluminum, steel, sheet iron, and many more types of metals. Reed Metals is still paying top dollar for scrap vehicles, and they also offer roll-off dumpster service. Reed Metals is open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Visit ReedMetals.com. Reed Metals, conveniently located only 10 miles south of the Sioux on Mackinac Trail. You can catch podcasts of the game at TheGameSportsShow.com. Now let's get back to it with Scott Nason on News Talk 1400. 719 on the game, News Talk 1400. Scott Nason with you as we continue to be joined by co-host of the game and host of Butch on Sports, Butch Davis. Butch, let's look around Major League Baseball as we head into the All-Star break. Uh, the New York Yankees in the American League East uh, still with a sizable lead in the division. 13 games over Tampa and all four of the other teams uh, certainly in the wild card hunt, including Toronto, Boston, and yes, Baltimore. Minnesota leads the AL Central by two games over Cleveland, three games over the Chicago White Sox. Houston still leads the American League West by nine games over Seattle. However, the Mariners, they've won 14 games in a row heading into the All-Star break. A really good race for the wild card right now. Tampa, Seattle, and Toronto would be the wild card teams. Boston, Cleveland, Chicago, and Baltimore all within sniffing distance. In the National League, the New York Mets maintain a two and a half game lead over the Atlanta Braves. Philadelphia certainly in the mix, just eight and a half back. Still a good race in the NL Central. You have Milwaukee with a half game lead over the St. Louis Cardinals and in the West, the Dodgers starting to run away with the division, a 60 and 30 record. They lead San Diego by 10 games and uh, San Francisco now by 12 and a half games. A wild card in the National League. You have Atlanta, San Diego, and Philadelphia with St. Louis, San Francisco, and 
just a half game out. Butch, uh, just looking around Major League Baseball, what are some of the things that you've noticed and uh, some of the uh, teams that you're uh, especially following right now? Not too much. <laughs> I'm just looking at the particular teams at this present right now because the fireworks, the fireworks that started there. We're watching the team that you know I normally root for when I'm not rooting for the Tigers, the Seattle Mariners. Fourteen uh, games in a row they have yeah. won, and right now they're in very good contention, and they keep this on up all season long. Then there probably might be a problem in the West, okay? But again, I don't, I don't see it too much with Houston doing what they're doing there. But again, the way Seattle is going right now, and they seem like they have no conscience. That might be a pretty good race between Houston and Seattle there. But again, uh, you got you got so much to, to look for in all the races. You know, maybe exception of the um, the East in the American League there, where the Yankees are doing so well. Basically, simple. Uh, what can you say? Thirteen point lead. Uh, Central is a two-point lead for Minnesota and Cleveland. The other one is a nine-point, uh, nine-game lead. But again, Seattle's acting silly right now there. So, I mean, that's going to go up there. And as long as Seattle, as well as hitting home, um, start winning games. I'm, I'm looking at records. Basically, their home records is just as nasty as their away records there. But you look at the Mets, they're doing okay. Atlanta's going to make that very competitive. Philadelphia might get in there and get warmed up there. Uh, Milwaukee, St. Louis, that's going to be a dogfight all the way to the end. One of the team that wins that division, I do believe, at the present right now, they will um, represent the, the conference, and maybe one of those will be a wild card there. But San Diego would be a disappointment to me right now in the way they're doing uh, their team right now. They got a 10-game lead over 500 right now, but and they can't get better rather than get worse. But I think the biggest thing right now when I'm looking at the situation with a lot of teams is what team is going to get greedy yep. and go grab somebody via trade and whatever it may be. We hear the name Juan Soto. Uh, being mentioned in this particular collage of uh, big-time trades. And, again, whoever gets this guy got to get a lot. I think the team that can afford him is going to go miles and miles and miles, okay? And the one team I look at right now that no one's talking about is San Francisco. They got the cash flow, and they have the room to bump, okay? And then they make and offer this guy an extended contract that be to his liking, where he'll have a home for a very long time. Uh, there's some other players out there right now. Simplematically, it's going to be moved, you know, for arrangements that's going to be made there. So it's going to get wacky, I say, before the trade deadline, and, and that's in uh, – the end of this month, it's going. We'll see what happens then, and how teams situate themselves uh, on the strategy of uh, going after teams to get in the playoff. Because again, it's exciting this year. They allow uh, some more teams to get in. It's not a hit and run kind of situation. It's uh, two games out of three. 
That's kind of deserving there. What do you think? Well, yeah, I agree. Uh, certainly things change in August uh, with free agency, and you're going to see uh, many clubs that have deep pockets uh, make some moves, the Yankees and Dodgers. The, I mean, the list goes on and on. There's a lot of uh, very rich teams in Major League Baseball. I'm really fascinated, Butch, with this AL East outside the Yankees. We're pretty much, I think, going to run away with it. You have a good four-way battle. I don't think uh, many people thought that Baltimore would be able to hang with Boston, Toronto, and Tampa. And you look at that whole division, 500 or better. Now, that's probably not going to happen at the end of the season, but I think it's a tremendous story what's going on in Baltimore, one of, if not the lowest payroll in baseball, no expectations whatsoever. They ran off a 10-game winning streak, cooled off a bit over the weekend, but they're right in the wild card hunt. And I think uh, full credit should go to that organization and the players that are playing on that team. A really good bullpen that has helped that team. And uh, I, I like seeing Baltimore being competitive. And uh, Seattle was a team, Butch, you mentioned them. I, I was really high on as one of maybe a surprise team this year. And uh, what have they done? They've won 14 in a row. Uh, you know, they, they play pretty fundamental baseball. They're not the flashiest teams, but they go out there and win games. And, and so those are the two teams in the American League that I'm really keeping my eye on. As far as teams that have been disappointing in the American League, I think the LA Angels would have to probably top the list outside the Tigers, which we already talked about. The Angels right now, 39 and 53, 20 games out of first place. I expected much more out of that team. You know, in the National League, I think we're still going to have uh, some good races, potentially in all three divisions. I wouldn't quite close out uh, the NL West yet. Uh, you mentioned the Giants. They still have a lot of money to spend to maybe get themselves back in it. Uh, you know, they've won three in a row, the seven of their last 10, but San Diego faltering a bit. Uh, I, I don't see either of those teams going away just yet. NL Central, I mean, I think this one goes down to the wire. Milwaukee and St. Louis, uh, you know, their records aren't are, aren't outstanding, 50 and 43 and 50 and 44, but I think those two teams are going to have a, a very good battle, and uh, I wouldn't sleep on the Phillies either, Butch. I, they're eight and a half games back, but, you know, it's a team that you know, won three in a row going into the All-Star break. The Mets certainly uh, have uh, garnered most of the attention, but there's those Atlanta Braves again, Butch. Uh, we saw what they did last year, just kind of sneaking up on everyone. So it's certainly uh, going to be very exciting as we head into the all-star break. And uh, tonight, Butch, the home run derby going on at Dodger Stadium right after our show. You have the bracket, Kyle Schwaber against Albert Pujols. I'll be rooting for him. Juan Soto against Jose Ramirez. Julio Rodriguez uh, versus Corey Seager and Ronald Acuna Jr. against Pete Alonzo. Butch, will you be watching the home run derby and will you be watching the all-star game tomorrow night? I'm going to watch more of the home run derby. That's more of my style, my grace there. Me too. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be switching the channel to Raw, too. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to lie. And um, I might watch the first five minutes of the All-Star game, see how that pan out. Now it's become like a very close game, and it can be at times. I probably, it'll, it'll catch my fancy there on, you know, keeping my eyes on the prize there or, of seeing how these players go out there and, and show their wares. Um, it's a lot more competitive as it once had to be forced to be made by the the team that wins. They get the World Series. They, they no longer have that right. because they're afraid. They, they feel that these men now can be mature enough to put in a, a fantastic game without putting a tariff involved there. But if that has to go in place again, so be it. But again, uh, you know, I, they, 
Baseball is not bad. You know, the thing about baseball is you got a Miguel Cabrera, who's 39 years old, big as a house. And then you got um, a guy from Houston who plays second base. Ain't no bigger than a minute. And they're all playing baseball and whatnot there. And there's a sport always, of all the sports, the size or your 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 age don't matter as long as you got some heart and some skills and a passion for the game. I mean, you can be you can be in the in the mix there, and uh, baseball gives you that, and then some. It sure does, Butch. We're going to take our bottom of the hour break, but when you and I come back, we will move on to the Detroit Pistons, who finished their summer league schedule. We'll also, talk about the Detroit Red Wings and uh, several free agent moves, and much more. All coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game News. Talk 1400. If you came across someone struggling with hunger, how would you recognize them? By their clothes, their age, the way they speak? Would you notice a 16 year old boy who got his first job, not for extra spending money, but to help feed his little sisters? Or a mother who's in between jobs and sometimes goes to bed hungry so her kids can have dinner? Or a 14-year-old girl who signs up to every after-school activity not to make friends, but just to get something to eat. Or a retiree who fell ill and had to choose between getting medicine or groceries. I am the one in eight Americans who struggle with hunger. People you pass by every day but never knew were hungry. I am hunger in America. Hunger can be hard to recognize. Learn why at IamHungerInAmerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America, 200 Food Bank Strong, and the Ad Council. Are you looking to get fit or maybe just stay in shape? The All-in-One Fitness Club can help you with all your fitness wants and needs. Their great facility is fully equipped with locker rooms, saunas, and the best cardio equipment, along with the best plate-loaded and cable equipment around. The All-in-One Fitness Club also offers great deals for seniors, students, state, and federal employees, all with no yearly contract and no hidden fees. Wow! Come join today upstairs at the Big Bear Arena, where you'll achieve all your fitness goals. For more information on ours and more, go to SuitTribeHealth.com. Are you a do-it-yourselfer homeowner or even a professional contractor and need quality electrical supplies? Maybe thinking about doing some upgrades and don't know where to start? Everything Electric has supplied the Eastern Upper Peninsula for over 40 years. Their experienced staff can help you choose the right supplies you need for your home business, farm projects, or anything in between. Call 906-632-1235 or come in and talk to the experienced guys at Everything Electric, 2893 Ashman, Sioux, Michigan. Ah, the joys of cooking. Just find a recipe, get the ingredients, preheat the oven. <laughs> okay, this is already too much. Pull up Applebee's to go instead. Choose from the whole menu, order and pay online, pick it up, and now you're home with dinner. Ah, the joys of not cooking. Applebee's to go. Now that's eating good in the neighborhood. Pick up your next meal with Applebee's Car Side to Go. Order and pay online, pick up, and head home. Let's get back to the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Let's get back to the game on News Talk 1400. 7.32 on the game, News Talk 1400. Scott Nason with you as we continue to be joined by co-host of the game and host of Butch on Sports, Butch Davis. Just a reminder, if you want to hear the full two-hour version of our show tonight, you can find it around 8.15. 
on the website, thegamesportshow.podbean.com. Butch, let's move on to the NBA as the Detroit Pistons. They've completed their summer league schedule and now head into the dog days of the offseason. Uh, summer league didn't quite go as planned, at least for their fifth pick. Jaden Ivey went down five minutes into his second game with an ankle injury. He never returned. Uh, the injury doesn't appear to be serious, at least according to Ivy. Jalen Duran, uh, he played uh, pretty well in his three games as well as a, f- a few other players that I'd like to mention. But Butch, uh, just overall, Detroit Pistons Summer League, uh, certainly uh, they have lots of options this year. Uh, what are your thoughts? Not a damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we got a lot of young kids. I said the basic advantage of this whole situation is that three-fourths of the team went to summer, summer League, and they all played together for one time or another there. It might be a short span. Uh, a lot of the players were, after they played maybe one or two games, were held back for the rest of the particular and, or sent home one to three. Uh, some were uh, slight injured or, or tattered. They want to protect that interest there. That is understandable there. But uh, performances that I saw was very, very good there. The, the thing right now is, is, where is everyone going to go? Are right. they going to go to our affiliated uh, G League team or they will make the main team there? And that's where right now, that's where the rubber's going to have to meet the road. And that's going to come from exhibition games. That's going to come from camp. Uh, it's not really too much. To, it, the Pistons were so messed up last year. It was ridiculous. Some of that uh, waste has, has is gone, but again, I don't know how much they're going to do in order to uh, try to uh, make the the team uh, again a more competitive team for the fans to watch. Yeah, there are a few guys that I thought played well. Uh, Stanley Omude out of Arkansas, I, I thought he did well. I don't think any of these guys maybe get a contract uh, from Summer League like Luke Garza did last year, and the Pistons didn't really use him too much. I thought... Yeah, yeah, I went to Portland. I thought Braxton Key also uh, played very well. Uh, he was in top five in about every statistical category in the games he played. Uh, again, these guys more than likely won't make the team. But Butch, just a final thought on Summer League. Is it good for teams like the Detroit? I mean, basically every team's playing in the Summer League right now. Do you, do you still buy or do you still like the NBA Summer League as it is? No, because it stinks. You know, because again, and, and we, I just, you mentioned Luca Garza, okay? Yeah. Uh, how much time you invested in that guy? He was the number one draft pick, okay? And you throw him in the, and you throw him to the Wolves that basically right now, they're gonna, they're gonna have to chew that because when Luca Garza comes to Detroit as a Portland Trailblazer, he's gonna make them look sick. And that's a particular player that should have been invested. And when you invested him, you should, you got to give him a chance to want to stay here. Unless he gave indication, and right now he's not in no position to give indication that he don't like where he's at or whatever it may be, <clears throat> he's going to probably do did this team pretty doggone well, as he did when he got an opportunity last year. Again, it's worry, myself is worried of the, the direction of the coaches uh, put this team in the B, and I think the, the the question that should be answered is: Is it going to be the team that Dwayne Casey wants on the, on the floor? 
versus the team that they can be from the talent they have, and they motivate that talent very well, can be a halfway decent team in order to at least get to the playoffs or make it very competitive. Well, Butch, the Pistons won something from last year, the NBA Team Partnership of the Year for their multifaceted program with Shopify, tipping off the company's first sports partnership. The NBA Team Partnership of the Year Award recognizes the best partner marketing campaign and platform with special attention given to a new idea that achieves the partner's objectives with measurable results. Over the 2021-22 season, it spotlighted 82 small businesses through a unique cycle of amplification from in-arena exposure, community events, and a strong digital presence. Shop 313 proved to be an asset for Detroit-based companies, including a lemonade company and others, uh, also apparel brands, partnering with the Pistons G League team Motor City Cruise to design their uniform. So, Butch, are you excited that the Pistons won the NBA team Partnership of the Year Award. Hell no. <laughs> and you're not excited either. <laughs> I don't understand half of what I just read. I have to tell you, fans, that you know, you know, there is always have been talent in public, uh, not public relations per se, there, but in marketing of this particular team with something always every year. Yeah. And you, you know, although I do complain about Tom Gordon, where how far he is, and how frequently he come and visit the Pistons and all. He's a very good man when it comes down to making contributions to the the area and the neighborhood at large where he's from. He does a whole heck of a lot in Flint. He has done a tremendous job in southeast Michigan and in, in Detroit area as well as beyond. You can't, you know, you can't choke that one down there, you know. And you got to give the man, I give the man credit where credit is due. I just think right now, when it comes down to getting general managers and coaches and and putting together a team, which not saying is very easy, but them being very sympathetic on again talent that is around you and and how much we saw go down the street and do quite well is is just totally ridiculous here. You know, it reminds me that you know it's Detroit a farm club or something here. You <laughs> it know? seems I like mean, it. That major league uh, capacity. What are they doing, Bush? Let's move on to the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, lots of news on that front, including a free agency. As general manager Steve Eiserman uh, got busy early on Wednesday, as the Red Wings have signed Andrew Kopp to a five-year deal, Ben Chirot a four-year deal, David Perron a two-year deal, and Dominic Kubelik a two-year deal. Uh, some veteran presence there that the Wings hope will add uh, to their young roster. Uh, Chirot has a chance to uh, pair up with Calder Trophy winner Mort Sizer. Uh, the newcomers up front will certainly help Lucas Raymond, Tyler Bertuzzi, and at Dylan Larkin. Uh, here. Yeah. yeah. Butch, uh, any thoughts on the Wings free agents moves? No. And you won't hear about that probably until close to the beginning of training camp when uh, uh, Derek Lalonde uh, get to watch and see everybody. Uh, I'm quite sure There'll be plenty in that particular training camp there. Uh, Derek Lalonde, he got another coach involved yep. there. Dave Vardy, Vardy uh, uh, however you pronounce his name, you could do a better job than I have until I hear from him and he tell me how he wants his name to know. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and he'll tell me too. But uh, I think the good thing is that they got um, a full new coaching staff, except for uh, Alex uh, Tangerine. Uh, who still
Bill Stay from uh, Jeff Blasso's coaching staff. Uh, Redway's got new life, new blood in there, and I'm just, I'm just curious on how they're going to deal with it there. Again, you won't be able to find the the product line until they announce that opening night roster, okay? And see who made it, who didn't, who will they be trading? I'm quite sure there are going to be some more moves to be made, uh, and with some main names as well. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Jay Vardy. He's uh, the new assistant coach joining former Sioux Greyhound Bob Bugner and Alex Tangay as assistants on uh, Mr. Lalone's staff. And Butch, uh, last week it was announced that the Tampa Bay Lightning have hired a former Detroit Red Wings head coach and Sioux Michigan native Jeff Blaschel as one of their assistant coaches. So uh, Blaschel, now 48 years old, uh, gets to go down to a pretty darn good organization. Uh, happy for the guy, and uh, certainly he's going to a winning franchise. Franchise. Can't be more happier than for him. Again, Blaster was a very good coach. I think he stuck and sticked and stayed with a coaching staff right now at, at those present years. That again, it's the same problem Detroit Tigers have right now. There's just some just don't fit, and he didn't never made the move. And he had a very cooperative. Boss allowed him to do whatever he needed to do to prove himself that the team could be better and never did because, again, that belligerence of whatever it may be uh, switches some people around. The thing is, is Blasio is a very brilliant mind when it comes down to uh, to coaching kids, especially in the USA right now. He's one of the better coaches that are around. He's highly regarded, okay, when it comes down to putting together a team in this country and whatnot. So you can't put the guy down. I just felt sorry for him because he didn't take the time and the effort to find some people that will work with him with the particular players you got. Again, there is no guarantee that the players you got is going to be all that cooperative there, as we're going to see in this upcoming uh, training camp. For the, for the Red Wings, who's going to stay and who's going to go. Butch, finally, before we go to our final break, I didn't know this until I listened to your show this morning. Uh, former Detroit Red Wing enforcer Darren McCarty, 50 years old, uh, he is, has stepped into the wrestling ring. McCarty will be uh, part of the Los Angeles-based promotion Circle 6, and he was named to the card of the Detroit show, which is on July 22nd. McCarty will be partnering with a team that calls themselves Midway. West scum as they face the premiere on the other end of the ring. Uh, this isn't really just a local backyard company. You also have Josh Alexander from impact wrestling and the impact world champion, uh, Darren McCarty and the wrestling ring. Uh, that one caught me off guard. Give us some more details. It caught me off guard too. So I had to start crumbling around and the only place you can get that particular information that people know Darren McCarty. So that's, who I got in touch with, and then, well, he's been working at this right now, going on, you know, on and off for about a year now, okay? Yeah. And, you know, I'm, he doesn't have a big standards with the Detroit Railways or in hockey altogether where you're making all that, you know, gruesome toothsome money. You know, I'm quite sure his retirement's pretty good. But, again, time to do something and uh, and make your time worthwhile. He's 50 years old, you know. There's a lot of wrestlers out there. And, and Ric Flair, perfect example, damn near 70 years old. Yeah. Sting. Cool enough to get in the ring and, and do what he do and, and get cheers for it. So 
I'm I'm debating on going down there and trying to see this match here. Yeah, I think it's in Raw Oak or something there. I, I'll get the address. No, I had the address there, but I'm quite sure I'll look it up and get all that taken care of there. But it shocked the crap out of me. And again, when I talked to some people who knew him, he said, well, he's been working like this for like a year now, on and off. Outstanding. Outstanding. Like wrestling, they're not slapping that slapping that in the face kind of people uh the circle sister wrestling is part of hollywood wrestling there basically which do have a show on here in detroit every single week on one of the smaller networks there but again you can see a lot of those particular wrestlers on hollywood wrestlers in detroit on that particular night i think it's saturday night there Boys, we're going to take our final break of the show. When you and I come back, we'll touch on the Detroit Lions, the Open, and whatever else we can fit in. All coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, News Talk 1400. Getting the kids to practice on time. Remembering if it's your day to bring snacks. Making it to the game with a clean jersey. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. Auto Owners works with independent agents who answer when you call, so you can worry about more important things, like whether your kid is going to run toward first or third base. That's simple human sense. Madigan Pingator, your independent auto owner's agency on West Water Street in the Sioux. Now's the time of the year to get more for your money on a new Mahindra the world's number one selling farm tractor. Enjoy 0% financing on select Mahindra tractors. That's more for less on Mahindra's best-selling models. We deliver more lift, better fuel efficiency, and more built-in weight. Paul Thompson here with Gaylor Thompson Sales. Come on in and test drive a new Mahindra today. And remember, we also carry a full line of Boss Plows, Cub Cadet, Woods Implements, Xmark Mowers, Echo Power Equipment, and do little trailers. Give us a call today at 906-478-3026. And remember, I-75, exit 373 in Rudyard for the best service in the EUP. Water Systems has a solution for all your water needs. Want clean, fresh drinking water? MNC Water Systems proudly distributes Norway Springs artesian water, bottled right here in the Upper Peninsula. Cooler rental and bottled water delivery for your home and office are available. MNC Water Systems is offering contactless delivery right to your door, as well as curbside pickup. Call Mo at MNC Water Systems today at 906-647-7307. Serving the Eastern UP for over 25 years. You can catch podcasts of the game at thegamesportshow.com. Now let's get back to it with Scott Nason on News Talk 1400. 747 on the game, News Talk 1400. Scott Nason with you. Continue to be joined by a very hydrated and lively Butch Davis, co-host of the game and host of Butch on Sports. Butch, it'll be a lively Detroit Lions training camp in under two weeks as the Lions are set to uh, start their season at Allen Park. And of course, uh, the series Hard Knocks on HBO will be following all the events and inside look at the Lions organization. Good luck with that. That'll start on Tuesday, August 9th at 10 p.m. Butch, we got your credentials in today. What are you looking forward to for Lions training camp? I want to see some 
good behind whippings, okay? Right on the field, you know, where they got to run 10 miles after everybody showed their rear end. Uh, I just want to see some old-fashioned football. I want to see some passion. I want to see over 50-something men who's going to be on the roster come out there and say that I'm, I'm going to give my all and then some. <clears throat> and maybe a coach's dad to bring some tricks out of the bag to put somebody on the element of surprise. And we win a lot of games. You know, I think that's everybody's hope for right now. So when I hear a hard knock, again, I'd like to see four or five good fights, you know, and maybe more. Uh, because I guess maybe they'll bond quicker. But I think people got to know who wants to be here and who don't want to be here. And the best way to do that is really put out a yeoman's effort when it comes down to training camp and just beat each other up. You know, when they get tired of beating each other up, that's when you beat up other people. Butch, the 150th Open, or the, that's what most people call it. Some still call it the British Open, took place at St. Andrews over the weekend as of uh, Starting the day, Cameron Smith out of Australia was four shots behind Rory McIlroy and Victor Hovland, and all he did yesterday was ride a final round 64, tying the or matching the lowest score to par in a major championship history, minus 20, as he wins the Open, and he shot a 30 on the back nine, which was the lowest score across the final half of a round for any major champion. Butch, I know you watched a lot of it. I didn't get a chance to see much of it, but certainly an exciting time at St. Andrews and uh, Roy McIlroy uh, just couldn't make putts yesterday. I think he had 36 and 18 holes. I'm not a golf expert, but that math doesn't work out for uh, trying to close out a championship. Yeah, he looked like he was very much so trying too hard yep. and it caught up with him in, the, in a big way there because there were a lot of shots that were just short. There were just some shots that were just left or just right. It's not that he did anything wrong. It's just that the luck did not fall in his place on that particular final day or at the holes that he needed to really impress. And that's anything from uh, 13 on up to 18 holes there. Uh, in the other hand, Smith, he was just going absolutely bonkers yeah. there. I think he got, what I can count, uh, Five out of six holes, he he birdied, man. It it, it was nice there. Then my man, uh, I think, uh, what's the other cam? He he had an eagle, which you know just knocked the crap out of McEnroe just straight out the way here, and that was something to be behold there. Um, as far as that, but again, Cam Smith ended up getting a birdie on that one, and that just put him out the out the running and. It messed up any kind of way. We could have saw a playoff, not between McElroy per se there or McElroy there, but um, with his other uh, sh shooting partner, the other Cam. There. Yeah, Cameron Young. Yeah, well, it was. I saw some doggone good golf in there. You know, I was very entertained. I was very intrigued by the surroundings that I, you know, and I've been to, to, um, St. Andrews before, and you forget, you know, the the scenery, okay, and the, the golf is just not where you just here's some bushes here and uh, some cut grass here and some very very pedicure grass here. You have mountains and bumps and bruises that go up and down. Shoot, I mean. 
this is San Francisco and and some other country all together here, man. But it, it was, you know, it, it, I was amazed by some of the golfers and the skill that they put into ducking bogeys and it, it was it was quite a treat for four days of watching golf, which I normally never do. This was pretty doggone good indeed. I was very impressed by it. Butch, before we get to our thumbs up and thumbs down for the week, uh, what is going on in the world of wrestling? I've tuned out a couple weeks. Uh, you mentioned uh, you're going to be tuning in to Raw at times tonight. What what have I missed over the past couple weeks? Anything exciting? Well, <clears throat> they're trying to. Get some very Ronda Rossi's gonna be coming back on SmackDown this upcoming Friday, I'm quite sure. <clears throat> to get her claims on what she feels is hers, but really it's not. She's gonna take a time. She's gonna take a time out for a while there. Uh, as well as she should. Yep. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think right now, what we're looking at is the last of the, the characters that you see right now on Raw and on SmackDown. Uh, you'll get that in um, the, the big event SummerSlam, but after SummerSlam, you're going to see some huge changes with the talent uh, thing that um, WWE has to offer right now. They have the NXT brand there. They have some wrestlers that are completely ready and can do some things right now that's very much so competitive with AEW and uh amount of wrestling that they do, which again, to me, between the two clubs of wrestling per se and the the athletics, uh AEW right now has got them beat up by 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 a long shot. Now you just wanna see bruising to its finest and BSing on talking and whatnot, then watch the WWE right now there. And again, I watch the clock. Well, from 8 o'clock to around about 20 after, they don't even get a match started here. Right. And that just tears me up apart, <clears throat> the pieces. And by that doggone time, I don't want to watch anymore. I end up watching the Major League Baseball Network or some other some other on, on television there. Because right now, they're, they're just not acting too. Oh, you can go on YouTube there and see uh, AEW uh, Blackout or whatever it may be that show they caught there. Uh you know, uh, I, I'm I'm curious. I'm I'm ready for uh, SummerSlam and some of the surprises they're going to bring out on it there. But again, I'm curious on how they're going to do things in the WWE after SummerSlam is over there. Butch, let's get to our thumbs up and thumbs down for the week. I will start and uh, thumbs up to Merit Sellers. You're saying, who is that? Well, she is a 14-year-old girl who sailed her first Bayview Mackinac race with her father and won on Sunday night after 33 hours of nonstop work. As the duo pulled in the Mackinac Island Harbor just after 9 p.m. on Sunday, a crowd at the Pink Pony Restaurant cheered and applauded. Uh, the whole endeavor uh, was ambitious and almost unbelievable. Merritt Sellers, again, 14 years old, needed to sail the boat at night alone on the 204 nautical mile journey, which is 235 land miles, while her father rested below deck. 
Africa. Not only did they win, but they crossed the finish line more than an hour before their nemesis, a boat called Utah, which is out of Holland, Michigan, which had seasoned sailors who had run, who had won rather repeatedly in the past. According to Scott Sellers, who is the father of Merritt Sellers, he told the Detroit Free Press, we got him at night. I was worried they would get us. We went from two miles back to two miles in front. Uh, the Merritt family belonged to the prestigious St. Francis Yacht Club in San Francisco, and they keep their boat in Harbor Springs here in northern Michigan, as uh, Miss Sellers has accomplished already what many sailors try to do in a lifetime. Uh, this is a very long race, which takes uh, usually 30 to 60 hours, and this is a race that goes back to 1925. 172 sailboats ended up racing in the event, and it was one by a 14-year-old girl, Merritt Sellers. Big thumbs up for that one. Thumbs down to the Detroit Tigers. I don't think we need to say any more. Butch pretty much said it all. Butch Davis, your thumbs up and thumbs down for the week, sir. I mean, what's the daddy with this boat here? Was he, was he you know, he had a pint or something going <laughs> on here? When the little kid was just taking over the boat? Well, Might have been seasick. I don't know. Yeah, you say he was easing back, you know, when he came to the boat. And one of the more enjoyable <laughs> bars now, the Pink Pong. Yes, very nice place. I laughed uh, <laughs> from the tears. I was in the supermarket when I heard it. Man. Yep, yep. That Pink Pong, is that down the street from the dude drop in? Uh, it, it could be. It very well could be. <laughs> uh, yeah, I had to screw some time on that one, huh, kids? Uh, <laughs> uh, thumbs up. Let me see. Thumbs up go for the All-Star game this year. I, I saw a lot of enthusiastic kids uh, doing some of the pre-shows here, uh, flicking my network on Major League Network and whatever other things they're doing there. And it, it seems like a very enthusiastic group that it has been in years past. I've only been to two All-Star games in Major League Baseball there, but i got to get to the next one. I definitely that. But Major League Baseball and how they're doing things with the draft and the Futures game and all this other good stuff there, they're doing pretty well there. How the All-Star game is going to come out, we'll wait and see. Thumbs up the Detroit Tigers and the garbage they put out there for the first half of the season. After 90-something games here, they got nothing to show for it. And I wish and I pray to the management staff, the upper management staff, and all the players above to get the crap together here and show these people that they give a good doggone about the city that they're representing and the state of Michigan who also go up there and cheer for their behinds and they got nothing to show for it. And Javier Ibaez, learn how to throw a baseball. You'd think it would be easy, Butch, making $40 million, but apparently not easy for Mr. Baez. easy when I found the doggone head coach who's allowing him to do that. I'd be whooping his rear end. <laughs> Butch Davis joining us on the game. Butch, as always, thanks for joining us, and we will talk to you next Monday night for our next edition of the game, sir. Can't wait. All right, that's going to do it for tonight's show. I want to thank Butch Davis along with co-host David McKeg Jr. and all of you for listening tonight. Again, if you want to hear the full two-hour version of tonight's show, you can find it here in about 15 minutes on the website, thegamesportshow.podbean.com. That's going to do it for tonight's game. We will talk to you next Monday night for our next edition of the game here on News Talk 1400. 
Thanks for listening to the game on News Talk 1400 WKNW Sault Ste. Marie. Check us out next Monday at 6 for the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. You can hear the podcast of the show and other broadcasts at thegamesportshow.com.